Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. I think I need to correct a few things from the announcements. There's no Kohl's cash coming to you if you fill out a Connect card. I will not be doing autographs at the newcomer's lunch. And at our worship night, we will not be doing 70s music. So I'm sorry to disappoint you. We're going to have to work on the notes, I think, for our our announcements for these guys. Oh, my. Hey, um, starting next week, I wanted to tell you about this. We're starting our, our Easter series. And I'm super excited about this message series. This is one uh, I've been thinking about actually for months now. And uh, we're going to be focusing on the last day of Christ's life before uh, death and crucifixion. Um, And so it's it's called Holy Week, and we'll start on Palm Sunday, and we'll kind of talk through that. We'll, We'll discover what Jesus did during those last days where he focused his time. And so I'm really excited about that. I would encourage you to, to try to adjust your calendar to be here every week. And also, this is the kind of series that uh, it'll be newcomer friendly. So it's the kind of series where you can invite your friends to and your neighbors. So I'd encourage you to do that as well. So that starts next Sunday. But today we're going to be finishing up our series called Family Ties, Characteristics That Connect Us. So we've been focused over the last several weeks on what a healthy church family looks like. And we talked about things like a healthy church family worships together, they pray together, they meet together in small groups and also in large groups as well. And last week, uh, my wife Rose taught on experiencing the highs and lows as a family, that a church family is going to walk through some emotional high points and some emotional low points. But when we're going through those, it's important, like we mourn with those who mourn by being present. We show up. We go to the funerals. Um, we, we go to their house. We, we sit around when people are going through difficult times. But also, we rejoice with those who rejoice by celebrating together. When someone's going through a high point, we we just rejoice with them, and we have fun together and celebrate together. So that's just part of being a church family. And uh, if you missed that, you can catch it online. Just go to our website, and you can listen to it or subscribe to our podcast as well. So to open up today's message, I'm going to share a little bit more about my life so you guys get to know me a little bit. Um, Unfortunately, that's what you hear a lot, just my personal experiences. But I'm the youngest of three boys, and my brothers got married ahead of me. They had kids before me, and so I have seven nieces and nephews on that side of the family. And so our family was growing, and they would occasionally have a boyfriend or girlfriend that they would want to bring to a family get-together. And uh, I just kind of took it upon myself that if they're going to bring a boyfriend or girlfriend, that it was my job to interrogate them. That was just pretty much it. It was (laughs) Uncle Clint's responsibility to make sure that they could endure this family called the Schwartz family. And so they would show up. And one of my first questions would be, do you have a job? Where do you work? How long have you been working? Are you a Christian? Tell me your faith story. I would go on and ask them questions like, do you hunt or fish? Do you play any sports? And then the most important question is, can you handle being teased? 
because that's what we do in the Schwartz family. It's just a lot of teasing that takes place. And honestly, only the tough survived that. <laughs> Got to the point where my nieces and nephews would be like, all right, we're going to find out if this boyfriend or girlfriend is going to make it. So they would invite them to a family get-together. I'd even get a phone call. Hey, I'm bringing so-and-so. Go ahead. You know, I mean, it's just with those kind of things. But over time, a few of them actually slipped through. And uh, there were some weddings. Most of them are married now. And we actually have several uh, grandnieces and nephews now on that side of the family. And so our, our family has grown over time. And uh, my parents' house can actually just like barely fit us all in there now at, at family holidays. But you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way. The Schwartz family has lived on. But that's what happens with healthy families. Healthy families grow. In fact, all healthy things tend to grow. This summer, by the way, summer is coming, right? We can start to see that. It's kind of exciting. Uh, except for all the grass is, is just like brown right now. It's so ugly. But this summer, we're going to put some fertilizer down. We'll turn on the sprinklers, and our grass will grow. It'll, it'll look healthy. And uh, then my wife will have the responsibility to start mowing it. I don't make her do that. Just so you know, she won't actually let me mow. Um, something about the lines, you know. They, they're supposed to be straight. And when I mow, that doesn't happen. So... My wife boasts, but you know, when, when growth happens, when there's health, it takes more work, right? It takes more work, but it looks good. Um, growth can be painful at times. Last Christmas, I was remembering, you know, just a few months ago, we were over at my mom and dad's for Christmas, and my grandnieces and nephews, I mean, they're about this big, they must have had too much candy or something. I mean, they were running around the whole time. We're trying to relax, and they're running up and down the stairs. They're screaming. They're laughing. Then they're crying, and the parents are it was just, it was chaos the entire time. It was hard to relax. It was painful, for sure. But you know, that's part of growth, right? It's just part of growth. Growth can be painful, but in a healthy environment, growth is necessary because healthy things tend to grow. It's true in life, but it's also true within the church as well. The early church was pretty healthy. We were studying the early church in the book of Acts. It was pretty healthy. Here's a couple scriptures because they saw some significant growth in their first years. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And get this, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That church was growing daily. And then in chapter 4, it says, But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The church was growing significantly. And then in chapter 5, it says, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. All healthy things tend to grow. And healthy churches tend to grow. We've seen some growth here at Lighthouse since we first started the church. Um, we've also seen a lot of growth since November when we moved into this building. We've grown 50 to 75%. Since then, 
And we hope to see continued growth here at Lighthouse. In fact, we're planning on it. So I get to announce today that on Easter Sunday, we're going to add a second service. So we're going to be having two services every Sunday, starting Easter Sunday. So it'll be 9.15 and 11 a.m. And I'll tell you, I am so excited about that. So excited about that. Because it'll, it'll give us more room for newcomers. You guys may not know about church growth statistics, but it says that once a room is more than 70% full, it's too full. And when a newcomer will come and visit, they'll feel like there isn't enough room for them. And so we've kind of approached that a couple of times, and uh, we kind of hit that ceiling, and then we've kind of bounced back down. So our plan is to make room for newcomers starting on Easter Sunday by having two services every week. Um, I'm also excited about that because there's more opportunities for people to serve, because that's a great way to get plugged in and get to know people is to join a team. We'll, we'll need uh, you know, two greeting teams on a Sunday instead of just one, ushers, coffee, all of those kinds of things. But I'm most excited about this for our children's ministry, um, because children's ministry workers, from the time that we started this church you know, back in, actually, we had our first preview service in May of last year, they have given up attending a service to serve our children. And, uh, and I love their sacrifice, but I feel bad for them because they miss the worship time, they miss the teaching time. And listening to a podcast can help, but it's not quite the same as being here. And so by having two services, our children's ministry team can serve one and attend one. And I'm super excited about that. Uh, as a side, um, just so you know, we have allowed for 30 minutes between the end of the first service and the beginning of the second service so that we have some time to hang out. Just, just because we have two services doesn't mean that you have to leave right away and make room for the next people. So uh, it could have been just 15 minutes, but we decided to make that 30 minutes so that after service, uh, you can hang out and um, you're not in a rush to leave. And if you're the kind of person like me, uh, when my church went to two services many, many years ago, I just went to both services because I didn't want to miss anyone. I don't know. Is anyone like that? Anybody's like, yeah, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to miss anyone. Well, you can go to two services or you can stay late after first service and just hang out and greet people when they're coming in. You know, join the second service greeting team. You'll see everybody. Um, or you come to the second service, uh, you can actually just come early. And we'll be trying to do things as a whole church again so that we can keep the community, the family feel that we've had over the last um, several months. But as we grow, it causes a little bit of pain. I will admit, I've had a few people that have heard this already, and they just kind of, I think I heard this morning that one of the young adults wants to fire me. I think it's what they said. They just said, <laughs> I just want to fire you now because you're adding a second service. I won't say any names, though. As to who said that. But it does. It does cause some pain. But, but it's also really helpful if you have a family get-together. Right. You don't have to skip church. You can come to the early service. Or if you stayed up really late playing Fortnite, you know, you can come to the second service. Right? So it's really healthy, I think, to have two services. It's part of being a healthy church. Well, today, today we're going to be reading from the book of Ephesians. 
And we're going to be looking at a scripture that talks about how we as a church, as we as, in, we as individuals, can continue to stay healthy as we continue to grow. So you can turn there if you would like. Uh, Book of Ephesians, it's in the New Testament. We'll also have the scripture up on the screen, or you can use your smartphone if you want. But it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and then you have these four books, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And somebody has like an acronym for that. What is that? GE Power Company. Is that? Go eat pork chops. I never heard that one. That's really good. Wow. That's not kosher. That's not kosher. Yeah, no, it's not kosher. You guys are never going to forget that, are you? I won't. Anyway, it's right here in my Bible, so you can see. All right, we're going to be in chapter 4, verse 14. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus, and it's a book of instruction and encouragement. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. So let's read, uh, starting in verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every kind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So today's message is titled, A Family with Healthy Practices Will See Healthy Growth. A Family with Healthy Practices Will See Healthy Growth. And let me pray, and then I'll give you a couple of points from the scripture. So Father, we come to you right now, and we thank you that we uh, get to talk about church growth. We get to talk about our personal growth as well, Lord. And we thank you for the freedoms that you've given us here in the United States, Father, to, to learn and study together and have the Bible freely in our hands. So, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. We invite your Holy Spirit to come and minister to our hearts as we walk through this scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so you can fill this in on your handout if you would like. The Lighthouse family will continue to grow when we, number one, Grow ourselves. Grow ourselves. Looking at that scripture, there's a couple of uh, words I wanted to highlight. It says, then we will no longer be infants. No longer be infants. So that implies some growth there. And down to verse 15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. A lot of growth statements in that scripture. An important part of a healthy, growing church is to have healthy, growing individuals as well. We each have a part to play because the church is really just the summation of its parts. And if the parts aren't growing, if the individuals aren't growing, the church won't be growing as well. But when we each do our part, when we each work on ourselves and we each grow, the church can't help but grow as well. Let me give you an example. So I grew up in a Mennonite church, and I don't want to speak badly to Mennonite churches in this regard, but uh, this was my experience growing up. 
I found Jesus when I was about eight years old. Uh, pastor talked about heaven and hell, and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior on that day. And so that began my journey of spiritual growth. And so over the next few years, I would read my Bible occasionally. I would pray occasionally, and I was working pretty hard on the outside. That's what I was really working on was the outside. And I realized over time that I started to look and sound a lot like the rest of the people in my church. But what happened was I kind of hit this spiritual ceiling. I hit the spiritual ceiling because everybody looked pretty good on the outside, but there wasn't a lot of discussion about what was happening on the inside. You know, in, in this church that I grew up in, I didn't see anybody that I would call sold out for Jesus, except maybe the pastor. You know, because it was okay to be good, but not to be too good. You know what I mean? You, you had to still be, you know, kind of real. So it was okay to be good, but not too good. It was okay to be committed, but not too committed. You didn't want to be radical. I mean, again, that's just, just for the pastor. And so I kind of hit this, this spiritual ceiling, and that's when my growth actually stopped. My spiritual growth actually stopped. They say that in your spiritual journey, you're either growing or you're declining. There's, there's no leveling off. There's no tabling off. And I found that in my life. And so I stopped growing because I kind of reached that ceiling of where everybody else was. And I started my spiritual decline as well. So before long, I was caught up in pornography. I was telling dirty jokes with all of my friends. And if you, if you saw me then, you wouldn't even realize that I was any different than anyone else who didn't go to church. But yet, on Sundays, I'd clean myself up pretty good and look pretty good on the outside. But praise God, he pursued me. He loved me enough that he wasn't going to let me go, and he wasn't going to let me stay where I was at. And I, he called me into a radical relationship with him. And it's one that doesn't have a spiritual ceiling. Well, I guess you could say it does. It's, it's Jesus Christ and perfection. And, uh, and I haven't reached that. If you know me, you know I haven't reached that quite yet. Amen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I finally got an Amen. I haven't reached it, but I'm striving. I'm striving towards it. I'm striving towards it. I'm trying to continue to grow year after year. And Paul understood this as well. He, he wrote in the book of Philippians, he wrote, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. See, Paul knew that he hadn't arrived at the goal either. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize, which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's God's call for each one of us, is to spiritually grow until the day we die. And if you've already reached it, if you're already there, you're probably in the wrong church, because we have not gotten there yet. We are working on it. We are striving towards being like Christ. It's called the process of sanctification. If you want to pro pull out a church word, 
Sanctification is that process of coming to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior and then growing until the day we die. We're not supposed to compare ourselves to each other, but compare ourselves to Jesus Christ alone. So I'm not there, but I commit to you as your pastor that I'm on the journey and I will continue to try to grow until or for the rest of my life. Ken Blanchard is a leadership speaker and teacher. And he said this in his book, Great Leaders Grow. Our capacity to grow determines our capacity to lead. It's really that simple. So if we're going to have a growing church, then we have to have a growing leadership team. And I'm committed to that. I can only bring you, lead you to places that I've gone myself. So as you grow individually, I'm committed to grow as your leader as well. So I'm asking you guys to please continue with me on this journey of spiritual, personal growth. And as I was putting this point together, I was thinking, what's the one thing that I've done that has helped me more than anything else in my spiritual walk? And that's this. You can write it in your, on your handout. The first step in my spiritual growth is to commit to reading my Bible daily. Commit to reading my Bible daily. Because here's the deal, guys. All the instructions for our spiritual, spiritual journey are in this book. All right? Everything we need to know is in this book. But listening to me once a week or listening to a podcast or listening, you know, maybe getting a Bible verse in the mail, that doesn't, that doesn't take care of it. If you think of it this way, if today is, is a spiritual meal and you don't jump into this book over the next seven days, then you've starved your spirit for the next week. And if you think about physically, if I didn't eat for a whole week, you know, how would that make me feel? I'd be hungry. I'd be tired. I wouldn't have much strength. And some of us in this room, it might be two weeks before we come back to church, might have something interfere with coming back next week. So it might be 14 days before you get what might be your, your next spiritual meal. We can't spiritually grow if we're going days and days and weeks and months without taking a spiritual meal. So here's the deal. If you don't have a readable Bible, uh, I want to give you one, okay? So we have some here at the church, and uh, we will buy more. So if you don't have, and what I mean by a readable Bible, some people have a Bible that was given down to them from their grandfather, and it's in the old King James, and it's not very readable, it's not very portable, that kind of thing. But if you need a Bible, just stop by the Welcome Center on your way out, just sign your name. Uh, there's two different Bibles to pick from, so pick one of those, and then we will have it for you next week. Okay, because I'm, I'm serious about this. The best thing that we can do as a church individually to grow is to be in our Bibles each and every day. Each and every day. And if you don't know where to begin, just start in the book of John. Got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then read a chapter a day. Figure out that habit of reading a chapter a day and read through the end of the book. And when you get there, let me know and I'll give you some more direction as to where to go. But just start there. Start in the book of John, read a chapter a day through the end of the year. Make sense? End of the book. End of the book. All right, so 
Um, I've talked to a lot of people. I've discipled a lot of people. And I know that this spiritual discipline is actually one of the hardest things to do. So I'm not here to condemn anybody, all right? I know we have busy schedules. We have a lot of things trying to take our time and attention. And we also have an enemy who wants to keep us from being in our Bible. And he is working overtime to try to distract you, to get you to sleep through your alarm, whatever it may take. But I also know that it takes about 21 days to start a habit, right? About 21 days. So here's what I'm asking you guys to do. I'm asking you guys, I'm going to ask you who will actually commit to this. So if you, if you struggle with reading your Bible every day, okay, and it's okay because many of us in this room do, all right? But if you struggle with reading your Bible every day, but today you're willing to commit to reading your Bible every day, at least a chapter a day, up through Easter, I would like you to stand up and I want to pray for you. We, wish, we just want to pray for you that you would have that strength. All right? So yeah, so if you struggle, stand up and make a commitment that I'm going to read my Bible every day through Easter. Because if you do that, you're going to be past the 21 days. It's going to be a habit in your life. All right? And it will change your life. I don't know anything in my spiritual walk that has encouraged me and helped me to grow more than reading my Bible every day. All right? Okay, so I'm going to pray for you guys right now. And those of you who kind of got this down, look around and find somebody and pray for them. All right, let's pray. So God, we come to you, and I thank you for everyone that stood, God. And I thank you that you did not leave us on this planet alone to figure things out. You gave us your word. And your word is alive and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. And it pierces into our hearts. It, it helps us to understand our motives. It gives us direction, God. And we know that the enemy is fighting hard against having us in the word every day. But God, right now, we pray for strength. We pray for determination. We pray for healthy habits to take place with everyone that's standing right now. We pray, God, that if they don't have a Bible, that they have the courage to go ask for one, that they get into their word each and every day, and they commit to it, God. And I pray, God, that you would reveal your heart to them as they are in the scripture, God, that you would open up their hearts and their minds to see and understand like they've never saw or understood before, Father. Pray that you bless them for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can sit down. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I truly believe that if we can be a Bible-reading church, we can't help but being, being a growing church. That's a huge deal. So thank you guys for that. And again, stop by and pick up a Bible or write your name down, and we'll make sure that you have a Bible next week. All right? That's point number one. The Lighthouse family will continue to grow when we grow ourselves. Number two, the Lighthouse family will continue to grow when we share God's love, when we share God's love. Verses 15 and 16 said, said instead, speaking the truth in love. And then down to verse 16, it says, build yourself up in love. See, when we share God's love, our, our church will grow. It just will. It won't grow because we win some type of spiritual argument, you know, and beat people over the head and tell them how they're wrong. That's not how the church is going to grow. The church will grow when we share God's love. 
I'm going to invite Riley to come on up here. Riley Borden is new to the church, um, but I invited him to come up and, and share his story because he's been on a spiritual journey. Everybody give him a hand. Make sure welcome. Thank you guys for letting me come up and share a little bit of my story. And I hope that with you guys hearing this, it might help some of you going through the same situations and to open up just a little bit more as I did. So before I became a follower of Christ, I was extremely pessimistic and cynical. Out of every situation that life would throw at me, I would automatically think of the most negative outcome. I really didn't have any hope for anything, for myself or anything. I told myself that basically be you, be the best that you can be, and wherever you end up is basically what I deserve to be for. Growing up, my family really wasn't too religious. We just kind of left that to ourselves, and we didn't really speak of it too much. But growing up, I always had faith. I always had faith in God. I always believed in God. But I didn't really have the best relationship with him. So the first time that I truly encountered Christ was a little bit after, a little bit after high school. I was in a two-year relationship with this amazing girl, but unfortunately for her, Things weren't going so well in her life. A lot of things in her family, in work, school, everything just seemed to be kind of coming down upon her all at once. And that brought a lot of anxiety and really deep depression into her life. And I will never forget the night that she had a breakdown. I was on the phone with her because I was out of town. I was trying to walk her through just to kind of talk her off the ledge. and she threatened to commit suicide. And just like that, the phone call disconnected. Immediately, I tried calling back. I tried texting. I tried contacting family members. I didn't get anything. And even though I didn't have the best relationship with God, something inside of me told me to kneel down and immediately start praying. And that's exactly what I did. I prayed that God show her that these emotions are not going to stay with you forever. That you have the strength to get through absolutely anything and everything that life throws at you. And I let everything out. A few minutes later, I received a phone call, and it was her. She was completely distraught. But I heard her say that something deep down inside of her told her not to go through with what she was going to do. And I automatically knew that God had answered my prayer. Immediately after that, I tried searching for churches in the local area. I'm from South Bend. I don't know if anybody here is from South Bend or anything like that. But there are a decent amount. But I tried going to a few, but I never really felt completely at home. So I never really found that church to be my home church. So life went on. And God put many amazing people into my life that if I never met them, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I don't want to put them on the spot or anything like that, but two people, one of them is Kenny Beachy. He is not here right now. He's currently on his honeymoon with his new wife. And the other is Tony Nanga. If you can all give Tony Nanga a hand. <laughs> I love you, man. They invited me to Lighthouse Vineyard many, many times. And I told myself that 2019 was going to be the year of growth for me, for everything. 
So in the beginning of January, the first weekend in January actually, I came here. And immediately, just as soon as I walked in, I remember Lyndon came up and shook my hand like I was a long lost family member. <laughs> and I just felt so much positivity and so much warmth around this whole building and around everyone here that I automatically felt at home. And with each week, I started connecting with more people. I started connecting with the message more and more and more, and I wanted to get more involved. And I could tell that Clint really could tell that. So about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I received a text when I was at the office at work, and it was from Clint. He asked if I had time to get a cup of coffee or grab, some, grab a bite to eat or anything like that, get some lunch. And I said, sure. So we set a time and date and a place, and we had lunch at Fiesta Cancun, actually over by Concord Mall. So if anybody here likes authentic Mexican food, do it. Go, go there. You will, not you will not regret it. Mm -hmm. Okay, sorry. But when we got there, we started talking about our personal lives. We started talking about faith and what everything meant to us. And I could tell that he knew I was ready to start taking that next step. So he walked me through a very, very special prayer. And I'm proud to stand up here and tell you guys that on March 7th, I asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. And I wanted to come up here and share this with you guys just because nobody knows what everybody's going through. Even someone who you're very close with might be going through really tough times, and I really want to try and get people to open up more like I did because it's worth it. And God will guide you through life and give you the most amazing life in the world. But I wanted to come up here and share this with you guys also because I would not have been able to take this step if it wasn't for each and every single one of you here at Lighthouse. Thank you. Guys, that's why we should share God's love. Right? In Elkhart, the city of Elkhart alone, there are thousands of Rileys out there that are lost, that are looking for the answer. And we're not going to argue them back into heaven. That's not going to happen. But we can invite them to church. We can love them when they show up, show them God's love, and it will change their life forever. At Lighthouse, our mission statement is to love God, love people, and shine Jesus. It starts by loving God, having our personal relationship with God intact. And then we love people with the love that God has given us. And a big way of, of doing that is to shine Jesus. Tell them about our Lord and Savior. We have to be willing to love people enough to risk our reputations. We have to be willing to love people enough to take the time to talk to a stranger. We have to be willing to love people enough to share our faith, to share the reason for the hope that we have, to let them know that we are followers of Christ. Now, here are three ways that we can love people practically here at Lighthouse. 
First one is to invite. To invite. I heard a study this week. It said that it was from LifeWay Research. It said only 2% of any church family had invited someone to church in the last 12 months. Only 2% of most churches have invited someone to attend their church in the last 12 months. Now, I know that's not true here. We have a lot higher percentage. Most of us have either invited someone to church or we have uh, been invited to come to church by someone that was here. So I know we have a higher percentage than that. But my concern, my fear is, well, what's going to happen 12 months from now? You know, we're a new church, and so we've been inviting people. But that's a habit to start and to continue, is to invite people to come to church, like Riley was. Now, Riley was invited, I think he told me, like six or seven times before he actually came. And so you might have those people in your life that you've invited and they've said no, but they may be coming into a new season in their life, and now's the time to invite them to come again. Easter Sunday is going to be a great time to have people come. We'll have two services. We'll have plenty of room. So it's a great time to come. And also, a lot of research states that people are more open to coming to church on Christmas and Easter than any other time. So I'd encourage you guys, take the time to invite people again to come to church with you. So that's number one is invite. Number two is to serve. We're adding a second service which means we need twice as many people serving on a Sunday morning. So if you're not serving yet, I would encourage you, sign up and serve. You can do that by filling out the card. It's the Connect card in front of you, and just check the box, and we'll try to find a team for you to serve in. But we need more people to serve. And also, we're having an all-church outdoor work day coming up on Saturday, April 13th at 9 a.m., That's the Saturday, a week before Easter. And the hope is that we'll actually spruce up the outside of this building and make it look good for our newcomers that come on Easter. So that's another opportunity to serve. You can go online and and sign up for that. Let us know that you're coming there as well. But serving is a great way to further the kingdom, to share God's love. And then number three is to give. Give. Invite, serve, and give. Many of you have been faithful in giving and tithing 10% to the church here. And thank you for that. That has helped us to not have to ask you guys for money every week. We have had plenty of finances to do the ministry. But I would encourage you guys, be faithful in that. And as you give 10%, as, as the, I think Matt mentioned it in the announcements, we are committed to giving 10% of that outside of the church. But we do have a special giving opportunity coming up on Palm Sunday. So it's the Sunday before Easter. So our hope is that as we continue to grow here at Lighthouse, that we're going to be growing into these two services. But when the two services fill up, our next option is to add a third service. And this is down the road. Don't worry, this isn't next week. But, um, but down the road, you know, if we continue to stay healthy, I, can, I believe we will continue to grow. And three services on a Sunday is not optimal. When we get to that point, we really need to have a larger auditorium. So this is forward thinking. We would like to start building up a building fund so that we have the finances when necessary to either add an auditorium here at at this space or to move into a larger auditorium. 
But one of the ways that we can love those around us, those people that are in the community today that don't have a home church, is to make room for them here at Lighthouse. Make room. Make sure they have a chair available. And so if you give towards that fund on Palm Sunday, and we bring it as an offering to God, and it's a love offering to God, but it's also a love offering to the unchurched person who is out there today. Um, That's just a great way of spreading God's love. So that's coming up on Palm Sunday, and we'll tell you more about that as we move along. All right, so the Lighthouse family will continue to grow when we share God's love. I'm going to invite Krista to come back up here. If everybody would stand. We're going to sing a final song um, just of worship to God who loves us so much. I'm going to pray, and I'll give it over to Krista, and then Rose will close it up. So let me pray. Father, we come to you and just thank you that you loved us, Father, that you loved us so much to call us to be here today. Not an accident that anyone is here today. We thank you for that, Lord. So God, I just pray that you would receive our song of praise and worship to you. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.